whenever you're ready, Steve. Oh, just, oh, uh, oh, you actually want me to do it? Oh, okay, I see. All right. <laughs> I thought I had plenty of time. I thought I could wait. Hello, I'm Steve. And I'm Rebecca. And we're here today with Levi from Loot the Body. Hello. Levi, I want to thank you for taking the time to talk with us today. Uh, and thank you for uh, letting us use your flump voice for the Tiny Taverns. Uh, we, we're really excited about that. I have been looking into different bands and people as we've gone through for Tiny Taverns, and you were one of the first ones that we were suggested by our friends over at Bardic Mystery Tour. Yeah, they're and they're like one of the first people that sort of, I guess, found me or found my music and sent me such nice feedback, which, as you guys probably know, that's pretty much all there is, you know, and <laughs> um, there certainly isn't money. So, like, all the... <laughs> You know, all the connections and the nice words that people say and things like that, it really means a lot. So they've been very generous with me. Uh, they were fantastic with us. I absolutely adored doing the interview with them. They were very patient. It was our very first one, too. We hadn't done any remote broadcastings, uh, and we, we did it with them, and it was wonderful. They were just so nice. Yeah, genu genuinely great people. Uh, cool. Do you have any other suggestions for other people in the music industry? So I have, I'll have to send you guys some links for, I'm like, I straddle the sort of the, the gaming world and also through some connections, I, I sort of belong to, I don't know, like this, I guess it's called doom metal or like uh, sludge metal, or it's like this heavy metal scene with some bands that also write music that is inspired by D and i'm although i love hard rock and certainly maybe some people would listen to some of my songs and go that's metal i you know heavy metal bands would be like no dude you're not you're not metal. Um, but regardless you know there's there's uh, a band called bog wizard that have been very cool or a band called dungeon crawler or um throne of iron and and they're people that play D and their songs are inspired by D and to be honest with you you know if I mean, that's in a lot of ways what like the granddaddy metal bands like Iron Maiden and bands like that, you know. It's, oh, yeah, absolutely. A lot of it is just so much in that wheelhouse that even if they weren't playing D&D &D or weren't playing any RPGs, the inspirations from Appendix N um, or Pulp or even B movies, it's the over the Venn diagram is pretty much a circle. You know, it's the overlap is pretty complete with a lot of that inspiration. It is nice uh, seeing people use their hobbies and then put them into their music. I, I absolutely adore it. I found a couple heavy metal D&D bands, and I'm, I'm nervous to bring them on. <laughs> uh, because uh, as, as excited as I am about that, I'm always worried about just jarring someone else and being, no, I don't want to ever hear this again. I can't be a part of this podcast anymore. I'm done. Yeah, you, you have to like that that style, I think. You know, it's like... Same with Dungeon Synth in a way, you know, that which is a, a whole other genre of music that's very, a lot of it is very D&D &D inspired. If you're not into that vintage synth or even, you know, some people would say, oh, that's cheesy synth sounds, you know, but <laughs> if you're into that, that's like your whole world, you know, and so it's really, I think, first and foremost, it, it can't, it, it can't just be about D&D, &D. that can't just be enough, you know, it's got to really stand on its own. And, 
in musical terms, I think. Yeah, I, I agree entirely. Um, now let's stop talking about other people and talk about the person who actually matters here, which is you. (laughs) (laughs) So just from our list of stupidly generic questions, what got you started in music? Where did it begin? Um, so like a lot of, I think around the time when you get hobbies in middle school or high school, you know, music became mine. Like a lot of kids, if, if, if you get into sports, maybe that's around the time when you do it. Um, and for me, I mean, I, for me, ground zero was back to the future, watching Marty play the guitar, even though he wasn't the real guitar player, just watching that, (laughs) that scene when he plays the guitar in that movie just blew my mind. Um, it, it was like, oh, that's what playing music is. Like, it just crystallized it for me. That's what that's about, you know? Um, and the fact that it's a thing that, I don't know, like, it's a thing that people do. It's a thing that you can do if you want to, you know? So that really got me going. Um, and I, I grew up listening to my dad's records, so classic 60s psychedelic rock, and I still love that stuff. But that was the point, I think, when I realized, oh, I could I could do that. And so, um, yeah, I begged and begged for a guitar and started playing. And all through high school, I played in bands and even in college. And after college, I was always playing in one band or another. And I've always been a utility guy, like keyboards or bass or guitar, or background vocals, you know, never really the front man, oh, but goodness. always involved in it. Um, and then my and so I did that pretty much, you know, I don't know even, you know, I got married, had kids, and then I was still in a band, <laughs> which, you know, is, is as pathetic as it sounds. And then, you know, the band that I was in, we went on tour and it broke us, just like broke our spirit. And then the band just sort of folded. And I thought, okay, well, that, I had a good run. Oh, yeah, no. That was a great run. And that was sort of it, you know, I thought, okay, well, got to figure out something else to do. And um, at that time, I thought, well, you know, I'll I've always been a songwriter, I've always been in, involved in the songwriting, even if I wasn't the lead person. I thought, well, I, you know, I'm just going to make like a solo album. And I wrote songs and I liked them, but at the end of the day, it really, they, I had this dread that I was going to release them to absolute silence, you know, like who cares? And I, and I couldn't, I couldn't even say, why should anyone care? Like, like it feels good to make music. It feels good to create it when you, you guys know this, like there's all this fun around creation. I'd say maybe that's around 70%. And then the last 30% is the slog. Yeah. Oh my God. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So that's where I got, like I I wrote an album, I recorded it. I was, and I was working through the slog and I just hit the big old wall of who cares. So I I dropped it because I thought, you know, if I, I couldn't really answer that question. Like, why should anybody listen to this? Why should any, like, I got my enjoyment writing those songs, but why should anybody care? So then I sort of hit a lull and some time passed and, you know, I, I got really, I, I wasn't a gamer when I was a kid. I do um, have some, my brother played, which meant that I couldn't play because he's my older brother and there's no way that Naturally. I would be, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah, us youngest are always kept out of things. I was going to yes. say, as the oldest, I, I don't feel that at all. I... <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so my brother played, and, and 
I, I do have this memory. So I was born in like the early seventies, you know, so in, I was in middle school, like in the eighties and I, and I do remember binders of like illicitly photocopied or mimeographed D and D books, you know, cause nobody could afford or own them. But if, a, <laughs> but if a friend had them, you, that meant that you could photo and it, they would be interspersed with, you know, a grid paper of a dungeon that someone made. And so the artifacts of it were fascinating. Um, but whenever I tried to learn it, it was just straight up math. It felt like somebody was trying to fool me into learning math, you know, like this is all math. And, <laughs> and I couldn't, I didn't have like that group, the cohort of people to guide me through it to say, no, 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 this is what it's really about. So I didn't play, but all along I've loved, you know, Tolkien and Heinlein and um, all, all the sort of classic pulp sci-fi and fantasy authors, uh, Jack Vance and Fritz Leiber, people like that. Um, and then at some point, um, I noticed that all of a sudden you could watch people play D&D online. And that clicked for me because finally I was, I was like, that's what that is. Ah, like that's what D&D is. And, and I was, and I watched enough different games online and streaming that I thought, there isn't even one way to do it. Like there's so many ways to do it. There is no <laughs> such thing as D and D, you know, like no, the no, variety, no. the variety by table is so great, you know? So that really got me into just teaching myself. And I really got into, um, um, dungeon crawl classics. I, I really dug just the sensibility of that. Ooh, Cause dungeon it crawl is classics is nice. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it, it's, it's very much like that, um, kid next to you in school who would draw stuff, you know, it's got, for me, like being a fan of hard rock, it's those album covers that you'd be like, oh, look at that. You know, that's what Dungeon Crawl Classics has. So I started teaching myself how to play games. And then I started up a game and I started DMing because I, I started sort of corralling my friends into playing. So, you know, that sort of started to fill the gap after music sort of stopped being my main thing, you know, and I really got a kick out of it. Um, I know this is a really long story. I'm about to. No, get no, to you're the fine. No, absolutely. I'm enthralled. No, this is. <laughs> so, so it seems like you, you and D and D have had this, uh, just like a relationship where you're just so close the whole time, two ships passing in the night. Yeah. And finally, you're going to get yeah. together. I'm, I can't wait to hear about it. Yeah. It's and, prom, prom, <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> and so, um, my son, who um, is all my kids, you know, really talented, and my son is very musical and I was trying to get him into like songwriting and, you know, cause he, um, he showed interest. I said, you should just, what you need to do is you need to write like a bunch of bad songs, you know, and then when you're done with it, write the next one, you need to get all the bad songs out of your system. You know, that's how you're going to improve and don't even stop to judge the song you just wrote, write another one. I said, look, why don't we do it together? Let's write a song a week. We'll each write a song a week and I'll write, at that time, my head was so full of D and D um, that I said, "I'll just write something about D and D," you know, because it's it's better than sitting down and you know and writing the Levi saves the world dad rock anthem that nobody wants to hear, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so the, I wrote down at the tavern that just sort of song just popped out, and it was very much informed by my game and by the stuff that I've read. And I and the the idea of a bard singing that was very, you know, it's very familiar. So I thought, okay, something a bard would sing. But then the songs kept coming. 
you know, they just kept coming and they kept coming and they, and, and I was enjoying it. And the difference was at the end of it, I thought, you know, I bet you one person would like to hear this song, you know, and that's sort of why I go back to the importance of having people out there who say nice things about your stuff and the importance of saying nice things about people's stuff, because it's such a huge difference. It's so like it ha having a scene, being a part of a scene, having peers, having people sort of to, who share that creative space with and who get it, you know, is so important. And I discovered it as I started writing these songs, you know, I, I made a YouTube channel because the other thing I'm really into is video, you know, and um, I don't claim to be great at any of this stuff, but I do have this itch to do it, you know, and I, and I do, I am, I have been doing long enough that I forgive myself for things that are crappy, you know, I just sort of move on. Um, and it doesn't keep me from releasing it. You know, I'm like, that's, you know, it's, I had this sort of epiphany where I thought, well, I'm not a lead singer, but if I don't sing these songs, they're not going to be realized, right? Like I'm not the best um, instrumentalist, but if I don't play these instruments, these songs aren't going to happen, you know? And so I forgave myself for that. I said, just do it, just go for it. Um, and the songs kept coming and I made videos for them. I made a YouTube channel, started uploading them and people started finding them and leaving me really nice comments. And, and it really just fueled, you know, the inspiration. And so I, st I wrote, um, I, I started writing these songs and, and that became my first album, which was Random Encounters. Um, and it was really just, you know, as I was learning about D and D as I, or I would have a chord progression or whatever it was, it was like, a almost like I discovered a lake with a bunch of fish. And anytime I dropped a hook, I knew I was going to pull something up because it was such there was such inspiration there for me, you know, and I'm so far, I'm still there, you know, which is good for me. <laughs> I, I think that is why I, I really enjoyed doing tiny taverns and having different artists on because the inspiration that people get, uh, like we, we interviewed a gentleman, uh, previously, his name is Jake Lionheart and he does raps and he does raps about D and D and has been in the D and D scene for all of, I'd say almost Two a year years? at this point Two in time. Years? Yeah, it, no, it hasn't even been that long, I don't think, but hadn't played much. And uh, now we have you who's been around for longer and had all of that inspiration as a child and were, again, tentatively around. It, it's just really interesting to see how many different people take different things from it. Mm -hmm. And it's so it's it, it is like you said, it is what you want it to be. It, it's it's so nice. So I I have a question. Yep. Uh, your son, how upset is he that you now have a following <laughs> from this song of the week thing? I would be so salty. No, he's he's great about it. He's the one that tells me, Dad, you got a new follower or whatever. You know, he's really like, he, he tells me, this is what you should do, Dad. This is what, you know, he's sort of like, he's my social media mogul. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, he's there. And I, 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 I'm still pushing him to release something and to make something and to put music out there and and he's he's working his way to it but um yeah he's very he's very supportive uh they they do like roll their eyes a little bit also you know uh, but that's that's healthy i think you know if you yeah. if yeah you have to think that your parents are 
are dorks. Um, a little bit cringy, at least. Well, yeah, I think for sure. Yeah, I was going to sure. say, I think everyone should feel that about their parents. Yeah. I think that's natural. Yeah, Entirely. it's healthy. I think it's the separation <laughs> that has to happen, you know? I, I agree with that. Sometimes like when you're much. like too close yeah. to your parents, yeah, that, that makes me a little uncomfortable. I'm like, what's going on there? Yeah, I'd be like, <laughs> are you are you ever going to be able to leave home? You know, like, I think that cringiness is what propels you to be an independent adult. It's like, oh, I need to yeah, leave these people. Yeah. <laughs> if I hear my dad sing one more song about D&D, I'm going to lose it, you know? Um, yeah, for sure. So uh, you you said in your story that you played the uh, I'm sorry the guitar the mm-hmm. keyboard the bass uh, did do you play any other instruments I know you did backup um, vocals as well yeah I do I play all the instruments and the drums I program and but for um, for the so so I put out that um, random encounters album and then I start I, the second one the one on the barrier. Um, peaks i actually had yes i had a friend play drums on that one um which i was really fortunate to be able to have that because it's it i think it just took it to another level like i I was and how that sort of came about i was while i was writing those the random encounter songs i was devouring these old modules and when i read you know expedition to the barrier peaks i was just blown away by it i was like oh my god this is like space 1999 or this is like you know, the, the thing I love about it is the technology is so wonderfully crappy. Like all the computers are just <laughs> these old 1980s terminals, you know, it's so great. It's like the, it's like the first Battlestar Galactica or it's, you know, it's like war games or something. It's just wonderfully dated. Um, and so I found that I, I had some songs coming out that were that, you know, that were inspired by that. And they just, so I started setting them aside. Um, and so I was writing them at the same time, but every once in a while, a barrier peak one would come out and I would sort of, and I thought about it like, um, and the creative process I think is for this is very much like a DM prepping for a session. You know, if you read a module, you're going to be like, oh, that encounter, I'm going to do this, or this is how I'm going to role play that mind flare, you know, or this is how the voice of this character is going to be, oh, I can't wait until they get here or they do that. And that little secret that you have as a DM, that's pretty much my songwriting process. You know, it's like the flump thing, you know, like when I started reading up on the flump and everything, I thought this is so psychedelic. Like this guy, is, <laughs> you know, the, the gas, you know, and all it's like, he's like, it's like a cloud of pot or a cloud of, you know, and he's so mellow. He's so gentle. And he's, you know, and he's like, I don't know, just real groovy, you know? And so it got me thinking, and that's how that song came out. And so a lot of the songs are like that. It's like a point of view for something or the, or, you know, gelatinous cube song is like that, that idea, that morality tale of it, of like this, this, uh, this monster that doesn't discriminate just devours all and this adventurer who is looking for you know that one treasure and when they meet it's like you know just that feeling of man i would i'd trade everything just to be out of here you know i was so like selfish i was so greedy i was so narrow-minded just going after treasure going after treasure and now here i am and none of it's worth anything if i could just get out of here you know that idea first sort of hit me and then I built a song around it um, because I think 
that's the player's position. You know, that's a lot of, a lot of times that's when you're stuck in there and who cares about treasure? My character is going to die. I'm going to, you know, so those it's very DM based. I think um, the songwriting process for me. Well, when we went through, uh, I initially went through after Bardic Mystery Tour had suggested you, and that was the first song that I came across was uh, Stuck in a Gelatinous Cube. And man, it was it was just so good. And I was like, this is really enjoyable. And then I went to the next song and it was about a flump. And I was like, Rebecca, oh my God, it's about a flump. You love flumps. Get in here. Get in here, man. <laughs> <laughs> Stars. 
in regards to the old style uh, that you've mentioned in Barrier Peak Songbook, I was going through and we did a, another campaign in uh, a different setting called Paranoia. And Paranoia uses like that 1985 terrible technology all the mm. way throughout it. You're controlled by a giant computer and everything is color coded. But uh, yeah, I, I love that aesthetic as well. That ridiculous 1985, <laughs> everything is too big. Everyone uh, has to go through all these ridiculous checkpoints. The computers take up rooms. It's so much fun. It, uh, I, I love that. And I was listening to uh, Robot Police yeah. and uh, the days had, number, uh, days had a number at that time. Oh man, just good stuff. Just so good. Thanks. That, and that's, you know, that's again, like DM stuff. You know, when you're, how am I going to differentiate the robot police from the androids that are like the workout android with the weights or whatever, you know, <laughs> which is so the android with the leotard, you know, it's so funny. Um, and so that point of view, like, what would they be like, you know, and, and the days had a number was also this, this idea of almost like uh, 2001, the AI of the ship, but the AI remembers everything but is totally incapacitated so he you know this guilt-ridden ai that is malfunctioning and he knows that it's his fault that the ship crashed and that you know the inhabitants died and he's just there to you know how he says he envies the living you know he's just there to not die and just remember so it all came from that dm type of perspective if players have this encounter what's the perspective of of this character and what what are they going to learn here you know what's the little jewel that they're going to take with them um and the best thing is when the players encounter that right when you're a dm and you you prep the session and and then man sometimes they don't care and they go right when you want them to go left but other times <laughs> other times it really pays off you know and that's there's nothing like that you know and and so that's it's, I mean, the parallels to, to the stuff that I'm doing is I almost feel like you, if you listen to my song, you know, you sort of know what it would have been for me to DM that encounter for you, you know, cause I'm trying to not have it just be a generic stat block. You know, I'm have, I, I want it, I want there to be a personality and some chance for, for it to mean more than just that, that, that combat. I was going to. <laughs> no, I, really, I, I, I really... know I keep jumping on, on this. I didn't want to cut you off immediately. No, I really like that. I um like I love it. So so many with 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 how technology has advanced, and particularly in this last year, with um most people having to play online, a lot of people are realizing that uh, using me like media, using music with um RPGs is amazing and i think that you've uh like brought it to a totally different level of more than just storytelling more than just but like more than just world building with a song if that makes sense um what what did lucas call it like third level i i think that's what he, he third level dnd so the first level is the interactions between just dice rolling then the second level is actually role playing and then the third level is that level above it the the, the meta level where you're thinking about it as something more than what it is and i i, I agree i, I see yeah. that it's it's very nice to 
there, there's a lot of layers to each and every song. And if you listen to it once, you're like, oh, that's a nice song. But then if you listen to it and you're reading along and you're hearing the lyrics and they're actually hitting differently and you're like, wow, that's a very different song than what I first heard. And then you just think about it and you sit with it for a while. And I really enjoy that as well. Yeah, I think that's that, that's I, I don't want to write a nothing song. You know, I don't want to go down the monster manual and be like, okay, Roper <laughs> or whatever it is, you know, like, oh, who am I going to write about today? You know, black pudding or whatever um, that I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. And and that's partly why I um, this new release that comes out next month is um, six songs that just came, you know, and I thought that that's like the idea of hex and six songs um, it was my attempt to stay in that inspiration zone, to stay in the in the place of things that I like and that are where, where I d- I'm not working, I'm not straining to to you know to write something because the truth is a lot of it a lot of adventures, especially a lot of old school ones that are sort of the gonzo dungeons, you just go in and kill stuff and try not to die, you know. And there's a big bat like there, not too yeah. much differentiates them, you know. But um, the ones that I picked, I thought, you know, Tomb of Horrors. Oh, Tomb, yeah, that's absolutely. just Sarah Rack. You know, you got you got that guy there, or um, you have Ravenloft. Hello, you know, or or Peak on the Borderlands. I uh, Peak, sorry, uh, Keep on, on the Borderlands. I always confuse those when I when I don't stop and think. <laughs> I always combine those. Um, keep on the on the Borderlands. Um, the idea that in the middle of this craziness there is one place there's like a, a safe haven out on the frontier and that and you know the people that go there are the people that are pushing um the chaos back for civilization you know that was inspirational to me um and i i did look at like some of the you know against the giants and some of the other ones but i'm like oh my god there's so much there i'm not even going to go near some of those <laughs> right now you know eventually maybe but even though I really like him, I was like, you know, Hamlet alone would like take up, you know, so I, I thought, okay, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go there right now. But um, Dwellers, again, the UNT, love the UNT, big mm-hmm. fan of the UNT. Um, so yeah, each each one of those, I thought, okay, I think I know what I can do with with these songs. And, and, and they were inspirational. But I but when people saw that I, that I was that the next album is is about you know modules i started getting oh you got to do this one you got to do this one you got to do that one <laughs> and i'm afraid that sometimes i'm gonna read it and be like well you may like it but there's not like it's almost like i've already written that song you know you're in a dangerous place <laughs> and there's a bad guy trying to kill you you know that's that song you know and there's only so many so many times you can rewrite that you know that same song so i really want to keep keep it in a place where it, it's still inspirational to me well, I, I can't wait to hear what comes after that. I'm, I'm so excited to see who, who else inspired you to, and, and what modules they get through down the line. <laughs> that, yeah, that'll be fun to see. I'm actually, and I'm, I mean, I'm actually working on stuff. I try to work ahead, so I'm already writing songs for the next thing after Hex. But it'll be so the the next thing I'm working on would be more of a homebrew type of thing, and I think that's the progression of a DM is, you know, off the shelf. Then you customize the off the shelf and then you start introducing your own encounters and your own, and that's sort of where I'm going, I think. (laughs) 
I was going to say my, my D&D reaction was the exact opposite. I immediately went homebrew and then had to work my way back to actually just playing the setting. Uh, <laughs> I put in yeah. too much time early on. <laughs> no, I, I did do that too, actually. I My first actual D&D, my first 5e game was homebrew. And I very quickly ran to the starter set, like weeping, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, for sure. I had this whole grand scheme and I thought, okay, relax, relax. Cause they don't know at the end of the day. And for me, I started playing with my friends and they were, I was the most experienced guy at the table, which is not saying much. So the expectations were super low. So I, I realized that I needed to put myself in a position where I could really over deliver for them so that they could get hooked. Then later I could get fancy, you know? <laughs> so, Earlier, you had said that uh, you would listen to your dad's um, 60s psychedelic rock uh, records. Are there any other, like, artists or specific sounds that you think have really, like, influenced you? Yeah, for sure. I I like a lot of different type of music, but for for me, like, the D&D is very tied to, for me early metal you know i was a big heavy metal fan when i was a kid the iron maidens and 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 bands like that um and it's also tied to like prog rock for me like bands like genesis or king crimson there's something about um the mellotron as an instrument that's just got this eeriness about it it's if you know like I don't know. There, there's something about psychedelic rock, like um, that transports you. You know, when I listen to um, certain, I don't know, even even like um, a song like Strawberry Fields. You know, it's you listen to that song, and there's so much atmosphere to it. You know, mm-hmm. you go to a place when you listen to that song, or I am the Walrus. You go to a place when you hear that song and it is different than the earlier Beatles songs, which are just about, you know, let's rock. You know, it's you, you, you listen to that stuff and it's really, it's got that world building about it. Like mm-hmm. this is the the music that I would hear there, you know, and, and, um, and so that's the stuff that I, that's very evocative for me of, of D and D. And when I, and the, the range of, of of music i'm looking at the barrier peak songbook here um so you know i i I can see that all of these songs sort of have that that um how can i put it like hopefully before the lyrics kick in you have a sense of ambience or atmosphere um yeah and so that's the kind of stuff that i gravitate towards that isn't always the kind of stuff i like to listen to you know like for instance i i like bob dylan enough i, I like but i don't always get that off off of his music i wouldn't necessarily write the songs that i'm writing in the style of bob dylan too much you know it's definitely <laughs> you know but for somebody else it would like you said you had somebody who's a rapper you know like that would never occur to me i i don't see that connection that doesn't happen in my head but it doesn't mean that it's not legitimate or cool or right. It's just not where I'm coming from. For me, it's yeah. it's like those old paperback al- uh, books from like, or those old album covers from the 60s or 70s that have some psychedelic 
trip or frazetta covers or things like that that's that's really evocative for me and so i, I sort of wonder why to be honest with you I, I feel like somebody should have done it before like all those bands from the 70s or 80s they were right there they were right there you know you guys should have um, I, I, Zeppelin, Zeppelin was on the cusp. Zeppelin true. did. Uh, true. What was it? Uh, my goodness! I Lord guess of the Rings. Blank. Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say, like, there are a few. I, I I agree that there should have been a lot more D and D music at that time, but m- maybe it just wouldn't have sold the way that we uh, we, we think it would now. Because D and D, I guess, has gone through quite a renaissance. Yeah, for sure, for sure, and I I could see like. Um, Anyway, but for me, it's sort of stuck there and maybe I'm stuck there, you know, but there's, <laughs> there's definitely types of instrumentation that I like. I like vintage synths. I like those late seventies, early eighties synths, or I like the Mellotron. I like, I still like electric guitars. Um, it's just in my sensibility, I guess, you know, I, I felt a lot of that when I was listening to the albums is that you could just lay down and just enjoy them just in a, in a blacklight room and just have a good time. Yeah. <laughs> it had all of those feels that I was like, no, yeah. Playing D and D in the basement. Absolutely. This is, this is that type of, yeah. Just, just a nice journey.
I made some music that's just instrumental for a game that was released a couple of weeks ago. Um, this guy, Lex Mandrake, who goes under the name Dank Dungeons, put out his own RPG called, I think he pronounces it Azag. I was pronouncing it Azag. But he reached out to me. He's like, hey, would you like to make some music for my RPG? And I think some other people might say, what do you mean? But I knew exactly what he meant because that's where I'm at. You know, like <laughs> some music that you could put on that would be of the world, you know, that you and and I and that's sort of the thing. That's the project that I'm working on. I'm I'm built. I'm writing some songs in a world where I'm going to make just a little RPG, just a small little thing, you know. And so he reached out to me with I was like, oh, I'm so busy. I'm working on my own stuff. But yes, like we are thinking of the same thing. Yes, I want to do it. So I gave him five songs. He he gave me some of the fiction that he had people writing in that world. And I started to look at some of the art. And I, um, I gave him five instrumental songs that he that are available on Bandcamp through his through his Bandcamp site and also his itch.io site. Um, and I, so I think like, and, and I know, um, there's another guy, um, who goes by the name, I think undead spider wizard. And he put out a vinyl with an album with his, with his RPG release too. And like, it's, it's definitely not just my thing. I know that there's people, they've probably been doing it before I have, you know, but it's very encouraging that, that, that leap is so logical. You know, because if you're playing a game, I know that people have their own playlists, you know, of, oh, let's have the Lord of the Rings battle music. Like this is a Helm's Deep moment or whatever it might be, you know, but how cool to have music that was made by people who wrote it for that world you're playing in, right? That's sort of, that's sort of. They actually did have a singular release for Dungeons and Dragons that was a CD in the Sharn City of Towers book for this Eberron campaign setting, where they actually released music for the setting. And that changed the game for me listening to that. Just having something that was a quick reference that I could be like, man, I feel the aesthetics of the city and what you're yeah. going for. It, yeah. it has that tempo that I'm looking for where it's not too slow. It's not too fast. It's just right there. Oh, it, it, yeah, I, I agree that having people who know what they're doing, releasing the music alongside it is just so nice. It is, even if it, you keep it really low, you know, so that it doesn't interfere with what you're doing or whatever. I, to me, music is magic. It's it's real magic. Music is absolutely magic. And you put music on and you feel the magic happening to you. It changes the air around you. It changes your feelings. It changes the chemistry in your brain immediately. That's what music, that's the power of music. And it's really like, this gentle subtle magic that is every day for us you know um if you've had a terrible day and you lay down and listen to some music you are casting a spell that's going to change your reality um i feel very strongly about that and and so to be able to do that with gaming really creates that that sort of that we are now in a different place you know we have entered a different place and we are there together we're experiencing it together by listening to this these, this music together, you know, um, and I, I don't think it it should overtake what the players are doing or what or what's happening at the table, but I think it can it can create that little bubble, you know, that little space that that pushes the world away for a little bit, 
right? So that you can create that. Um, and that's super special to me, you know, and that's why I feel like I'm not, I got a lot of stuff to do in that space because I'm still really inspired by it. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I was going to say, I, I completely agree about music taking you away. I always get nervous when people uh, seem to not enjoy music. Uh, that one always boggles my mind. How do you not like music? No, no, no matter what type of music it is, you have to like something, right? It's it's so unusual to meet people like that. I'm like, ugh. It's yeah, the, one universal thing. Yeah. Yeah, I feel bad. I feel bad. Like everybody should have their secret little, oh, you've never heard this? You know, that little. <laughs> When you talk to someone and you get over the casual conversation and you really get into it, oh, you've never heard The Lamb Lies Down on Broadway? Here, let me. In the old days, which, you know, I'm dating myself, the next line would be, I'm going to make you a tape. I'm going to make you a tape. I'm going to spend the time. I'm going to make you a tape. I will make yes. sure you have it. Absolutely. Right? And uh, you oh, would let like... me burn this CD for I say, you. I did both. Yeah. I had the tape and CD. Absolutely. See, I, was... I was during the transition. See, here I am, sweet baby me. Uh, for me, it was burn a CD. And then uh, right around middle school to high school for me, it was, oh, let me let, me let you borrow my MP3 player. Yeah. Oh, no. I, I wish. No. I had to sit in front. I'm sure you did as well. I had to sit there and listen to the radio and hope that the song I wanted to come on was going to come on if it was too new. If it was not oh, yeah. out on an album, oh my God, that was just yeah. a nightmare. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. I, I had plenty of those tapes, but, but also just the, there's, you know, I do miss that, that I'm going to make you a tape, you know, because you would, it's a huge time commitment, right? And you wouldn't just do it for anyone. But if you said that, like, okay, I'm going to make you a tape. And, and that meant that you, I was going to sit down and I was going to, count the duration of all the songs. I was going to figure out what song went on what side and what order. I was going to make sure I filled it with music on both sides, you know, however, whatever it was. And I was going to get the fine tip Sharpie and I was going to, you know, write the name and the artist and hope, and then take another Sharpie with a different color and tell you a little something about this song, you know, whatever it would be like Eric Clapton does the solo on this or whatever, you know, little, tidbits I would put in there. Um, and then I would give it to you and then I would wait two weeks <laughs> and then I would say, okay, <laughs> all right. So what did you think? You know, and I would expect like a full, that somebody would actually sit down and listen to it and they, and, 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 you know, that they would actually give it that time. I, I really, um, I, I miss that, but at the same time, I feel like, um, vinyl is sort of taking up that space that that special space still you know if you listen to vinyl that means you're making the time to listen you know oh yeah the mm -hmm. vinyl is just a I, I, the audio quality is just beautiful the pops mm, that's that's what i'm in for the artifact uh, also you know uh, like holding yeah. something mm -hmm. that that is like the connection to the music you know um well, I think you got a lot of that when you were making the tapes as well was not only did you get to choose, you know, uh, you, you got to choose what you put on there, but how it hit too. Yeah. When you stack the songs in a certain way, they just, they, they flow so much better. And then that next song is enhanced by the song before it. Oh my goodness. I miss, I miss mixed CDs and tapes. Oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah. The kids these days just make playlists. And then you shuffle the playlist and then you're missing the whole you, point. You yeah. Know, which is okay. <laughs> like I, I try not to be that guy. Cause I, I could be that guy with my kids a lot. And I try not to like diminish their experience, their experience in music, however they are. But I do feel that, I mean, it, you know, it would take me a long time to make a 
mixtape. You know, it was a special, it was a special deal. Um, so yeah, there's, I don't know if, if that sort of gifting aspect of it is around anymore in that way. And to physically hand people music to, you know, put that music in their hands and give that to them and remember that you're the one who showed them that that's always a nice feeling too. I mean, introducing someone to a band is nice, but being the one who gave that to, uh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I also remember like going over to friends' houses for a weekend and I'd take blank tapes because I'd be like, okay, you have this, I'm going to record that, I'm going to record that, you know, or um, or borrowing stuff and then returning it knowing that I had then made a tape of everything, you know. Um, <laughs> and then if you, you had the ability to record yourself as well, then you could put little intros in. Oh, man, I did that growing up as well because we had a tape recorder where you would actually... See, I, I was podcasting before I was podcasting. Such <laughs> a <knew>? nerd. <laughs> oh, wait, hold on a second. We're, you know, we're we're here in a podcast about Eberron. I, 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 this is like that Spider-Man meme where Spider-Man points at himself like this. Is <laughs> if you're trying to find nerds, you're in a room of mirrors here. Oh, you know, shit. That's, that's all there is. <laughs> um, segue. Speaking of being a nerd. I was going to say, speaking of Eberron, that's a good segue there too, yeah. Um, so you had uh, briefly mentioned Dungeon Crawl Classics. Ooh. Um right it was done yeah yeah, dun- yeah it was okay, cool. classics yeah no Sorry. i said oh no no because i, I was like just 40, thinking man RPGs we, we don't head. have that one and that is one that i've wanted to play like i've seen yeah. it played and the aesthetic is so nice and but so, we haven't done it yet what other tabletop rpgs have you played yeah. or would you like to play so i've i've played dungeon crawl classics i've played mouse guard i really like mouse guard Ooh, mouse guard mouse Guard's fun. yeah yeah i really uh, that was um, an easy one to teach myself actually the book was really well written and the mechanics with the dice pool and everything i, I got that um i i've actually played no thank you evil because you know at that time my kids were little and i was trying to and which is a monty cook game for little kids um but let's see and in 5e i've played in my gaming group i'm part of a gaming group that i where i'm not the the so when pandemic hit i stopped the game group that I was running because since they were all non-players, I was already having to count spell slots and tell people what their spells did. I wasn't then going to troubleshoot your headset USB mic. You know what I mean? I was like, enough. Yeah, yeah that's, that's rough. Yeah. yeah. And, so, but I do, I am part of a, uh, a gaming group online with my friend, Chris, who he's one of the co-hosts of uh, the HP Podcraft, this HP Lovecraft um, literary podcast. And he, we've been friends for a long time. And actually, I remember asking him about, because back then he was playing Vampire the Masquerade. This was like in the late 90s, maybe. Um, asking him about it. And he's like, oh, don't, he sort of gave me the brush off thinking that I was going to like uh, tease him about playing RPGs, you know, but really like I was curious, you know, that was a near miss for me. But anyway, here we are years later. And he, so with that gaming group, I've played, um, uh, let's see, Forbidden Lands. We just played like a superhero codex type of game, Call of Cthulhu. We played, and right now we're playing Tales from the Loop. So Ooh, we Tales just, from the Loop. Oh my goodness, that's a great one. It is great. I'm really, and it has that great period vibe to it too, which I'm really enjoying it. Um, so with that gaming group, it's all all the guys in that in that group 
are, have way more experience than than I do. Like they write games, they're all like really involved in the hobby. So I'm the straggler that doesn't know very much, but I benefit from their voracious appetite to move on and to have something new and to try other stuff. So I'm, through them, I'm always learning and, and playing new games. It's very cool. So yeah, so right now we're just doing Tales from the Loop, but um, which is, is very cool. But um, what I was, oh, and we also played Alien too, um, which is horrifying. It was, it was like my first horror RPG and I didn't, never realized like how creeped out you could get playing. Oh, oh God. Yeah. No, you know. yeah, yeah. Real bad. Oh yeah, goodness. <laughs> yeah. I uh, totally got the creeps. Um, what I was going to say about dungeon crawl classics that I really like is the, the whole concept of the funnel. Um, if you guys haven't played it, the, the, it's basically zero level play. You generate like a handful of characters and you, because you know, they're all going to die, except for the one that doesn't, that becomes your character. So session zero is very like, it's very, there's like character generators online. You basically print out all these characters, cut out the sheets, just pass them out. You don't have to fall in love with any of them because this guy's a stable boy. This guy's a gong farmer. <laughs> this guy's an innkeeper. None of them are heroes. There's nothing special about them. They're all villagers and they're about to go in this underground ziggurat of some undead wizard and they're all going to die except for the guy that doesn't and now he's your character moving forward you know <laughs> and um i really like that because you can have a table play right away and you don't have this sense of every character being a precious little you know your child that you have to protect you know i spent like three days crafting this elf <laughs> or whatever you know it's just this guy is he scoops horse crap all day. You know, that's what this character is. That's all he does. Um, and then at the end of it, you come out with a, with a character and then you can, you level them up and there's, and the other part of it I really like is the corruption. So if spells go bad, your wizard, you get corruption. And after a while you end up really gnarly and hunched over and all, you know, um, there's some mechanics like that, that I really dig, but yeah, I like, I like that game a lot. It's got, it's got a good, Good flavor to it as well. See, I, I'm immediately worried because uh, I, I connect to every character regardless of whether or not I'm supposed to. <laughs> we played, uh, what was that? Death Monster? Uh, death? Uh, uh, Kingdom Death Monster. Kingdom Death Monster. Which and is... In that one, you're just supposed to grind up your characters. You're not supposed to have a connection to them. But I named them all, and then I immediately was like, oh, no, he's my friend now. I'm going to keep him alive forever. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, he's being snapped in half. Oh, no. <laughs> Bring me the boys and girls The daddy's heart went cold and black He turned down a road and there's no turning back Forget the good times had There'll be no better days ahead You threw them away to stop the hands of time Son of a it's not your fault Daddy's gone bad Daddy's gone bad Son of a lynch Time marches on Forget what you had Forget what you had 
So we have a couple of questions that we always do uh, when we do the different interviews that we've done, regardless of uh, how into D&D you are. We always ask these same questions. Uh, the first one is, if you could have one spell in your day-to-day life, what would it be? Hmm. It's, you know, it's not, um, I, I haven't seen it in in the player's handbook I, or I haven't seen it, but I, I often, this is something I tell my son. I wish I had the ability to give somebody instant diarrhea. Um, <laughs> if you're listening in the TTRPG, yeah, oh my goodness. If you're listening in the TTRPG community, make that happen. Make instant diarrhea a spell. I don't know why yeah. it isn't. I agree. That is a great. Because Listen, I know some people who do stuff on, on DMs guild. We can make this happen. Absolutely. There you go. I just think there's something about, because I, I don't, you know, magic is way too powerful, way too big a thing. I don't want invisibility. I don't want anything crazy like that. But sometimes there are people who deserve this. There are people who deserve this. And if they had it, they wouldn't think it was magic. They wouldn't, they, they would think it's something that they did. So they wouldn't be like, you know, I don't know, like any other spell that where people would see like, oh my God, you know, you just you just dimension door or whatever it is, you know, that, that would blow people's minds or you misty stepped into here. All those are too flashy. Instant diarrhea is so low key. And, and I would just use it in the name of good. I wouldn't do it for evil. I would not do it for evil, but some people like you're at home and there's some politician at a podium talking smack. And you just know this person is a sleazebag. You could cast instant diarrhea on them at the podium 
again, they nobody would bat an eye, right? So that that would be it. See, can you I, tell? I, I've spent some time thinking about this. Yeah, I can. I, work, I can definitely do so. Oh I work God. retail, and if this was something I could do, it would not be used for good. Yeah, yeah I was. Gonna it say, would entirely just people be would like, just assume that. you're being horrible. You deserve diarrhea right now. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's a good one. That's a real good one. Yeah, no, I'm going to have to rethink my priorities because immediately I'm like, oh, no, flashy, big and flashy. No, subtle. Yeah, I, I think that's the way yeah, to go. Good, yeah, good way to go. Yeah. If we release a DM's guild supplement, that's all it is. It's just one page and it is instant diary. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it could help you, you know, the 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 jail guard, you know, you're in prison, you give it. To, it could still help in D&D. It yeah. doesn't just have to help in the in the real world. I imagine Wizards of the Coast would just make a stop at that point in time. Be like, We're going to ask you not to do the podcast anymore because you suggested this spell to us. We can't have this anymore. <laughs> they, they'd name it something nice. You know, they loosen bowels or something. They would, yeah. You know, it wouldn't be instant diarrhea. They would call it something else. Softened stool. Yes. Tell me troubles. Lots of questions about that one. There you go. There you go. <laughs> They've got people who can come up with good names. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, the second question we always ask is, is always a fun one. Um, so in our podcast, uh, something that we have done is we've introduced the concept of radio into the campaign setting of Eberron. Um, if you could introduce any, anything into, um, a typical fantasy setting, what would that thing be? If I could introduce anything into a typical fantasy setting, just like your your run of the mill vanilla fantasy setting, yeah, um, as as Tolkien esque as 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 you want it to be. Hmm. Let's see. Oh boy, now you you might actually stump me with this one, but I I want to come up with something. So let's see. If it would help, we can we can say specifically uh, Forgotten Realms. Um, if, if that's the setting you typically, play. yeah, I would, I, if in the forgotten realm, I would give them a freeway so they could get the hell out of the forgotten realms and let's explore some of these other places that are there. <laughs> that is, yeah, absolutely. So hundred percent back. I would like to introduce a freeway into the forgotten uh, realms. Yeah. We're going to call that the Eberron highway. You're more you than welcome to just get on directly to. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You can stop off at Spelljammer, uh, uh, yeah. Rest stop. So many other places. Yeah, uh, so I think yeah, that's what it would be. It would be get the hell out of town and explore some of these other places. So, do you have a setting that you prefer? Uh, is it Greyhawk? Um, I, mm, you know, I do like the vanilla fantasy settings, but I I don't like when I DM I, the last one. I was I was starting to get into, um. Here I am talking smack about the Forgotten Realms, and I was going to be watching, <laughs> you know. But again, like my players don't know any better, you know. Um, yeah. I'm saying this more as a reader because I buy the books and I read them, I consume them, you know. And so, I I want to know what else is there, what else is out there, and I've I've read some, I've gotten some of the older books, but um, I I might be in the minority, but I think that like the people at Wizards now do a really good job putting books together. You know, the I oh, like, absolutely trying yeah. to straighten out the lore of so many years, trying to sort of make it so that any 
type of table can play here, you know, and, and customizable enough for your table, but at the same time trying to just clean out all the, you know, retcon your way through all the backflips that have happened over time or whatever. Um, so I do play sort of in a vanilla setting, but my, it's not like a, I don't run like a jokey table per se, but I do, I do like to put my players into ridiculous, it's like social situations, you know, <laughs> like the guy that, you know, that you encounter was like, is your ex-boyfriend, you know, stuff like that. Like, I like to put people into those situations, you know, or I Wait, had I a got guy. I RPG for you. Yeah. <laughs> or, or I had a guy like um, a friend of mine, he, the, he was sort of being pursued by another man who had him, it, they wanted him to do something. So he asked him to pose for a portrait in exchange for whatever they wanted done. And it was legit. It was like, you know, a beautiful portrait that he posed for. But when they went to Waterdeep, he found that this portrait was now being used to like advertise a male potency product. You know, and so <laughs> it was his face everywhere, you know, like <laughs> those are the God. things that I like to do to my players. Like, so it isn't vanilla fantasy, but I like to really put them in awkward social situations um it's not very nice <laughs> that's brilliant no i love i love any time that uh, uh people take just that one step back kind of like um back when acquisitions incorporated had first started and it really felt like okay here is your typical setting and we we're taking one step back because we're being just a little bit ridiculous with it yeah um, and i, I not really like taking that. the setting too too seriously i i really like that um there's something about that that i really i mean i you know tongue-in-cheek that's i think you have to be it's ridiculous you know it's very ridiculous the game is ridiculous playing is ridiculous it's all very silly and that's okay you know like yeah. lean into that you know i i'm concerned when people take their gaming so seriously you know um which is like going back to my musical inspirations. Like that's one of the things I love about Iron Maiden. Like they're up there dancing, like <laughs> playing this music with a sword and this big old like zombie guy, Eddie, you know, and they are getting a bigger kick out of it than anybody else's. You know, they're not like, they know how ridiculous it is and they lean into it, how, how funny it is. You know, it doesn't mean that they don't take their music seriously, but they also know that it's for a laugh, you know? I really like that. You you need that, you know. Um, I get bummed out when people, because when I first started to play, I did do some Adventures League games um, at, at my friendly local gaming store, and it bummed me out. Some people would be taking things so seriously, you know. But I think it's it's just means you got to find the right table, I guess. And at my yeah. table, at my table, things are absurd. I like it that way, you know. I mean, I agree. Uh, yeah. Absurdity is the, is yeah. the best part about D&D. <laughs> I was going to say, that's, yeah. that's the only realm I can play. We, we had a very serious game at one point in time, and it is actually the game I made Kevin for as the counterbalance because the DM was too serious, and I was like, I can't have that. I've got to be ridiculous and silly. And yeah. so every time you take a step towards serious, we got more and more ridiculous. Uh, just... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he took it to you can't you can't I, I don't want to play a game that feels like a slog constantly I'm yeah. here for the fun yeah and I, and I hate to say I hate to say like that's not what D&D &D is or whatever because that's not true you know it it's a lot of different things for a lot of different people but for me it mm -hmm. I need that I need that yeah. that aspect of it yeah
entirely. Well, uh, you have answered all of our absolutely absurd questions. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you, guys. This has been awesome. Yeah. So uh, if you wouldn't mind, please take a minute to uh, give Tell us, everyone about your new product coming give out. Give us your pitch. Tell everybody where they can find your stuff. Uh, all that good stuff. All righty. So let's see. I have two albums on Bandcamp. There's Random Encounters is the first one, the second one, the Barry Peak Songbook. The, both of those are also on Spotify and Apple. They're streaming. Um, so obviously Bandcamp is preferred for me, but I put them on Spotify also. So if you listen to them, I'm not mad. Go for it. Um, I have a YouTube channel where I have videos for all of my songs except for one. Um, so that's, you know, look up Loot the Body on YouTube and you'll find that. And I have on the 4th of um, next month, this month is May, so I guess June 4th, um, I have a six song EP coming out on Bandcamp. It's called Hex Volume 1 and six songs, each one inspired by a classic module. Um, I don't think I'll be able to remember them all right now, but I know that uh, White Plume Mountain is one of them. I've got Dwellers of the Forbidden City. I've got uh, Keep on the Borderlands in there. I've got Ravenloft. I've got Castle Amber and Tomb of Horrors. Hey, I did remember that. Hey, you got you it. it. Nice. Look at that. So that's coming out. I'm really excited about that. I'm going to have videos for each one of those songs. And I'm really happy with how those came out. It's a little more hard rocking than my other stuff, than some of my last stuff. But... Um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty proud of them. I'm, and then that's where I am now. And I'm writing new songs for a project to be named later. Oh, secret project. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Levi, for joining us. And um, everybody, genuinely, go to Bandcamp, check out his stuff, go to his uh, YouTube, and flood him with likes and comments follow him on twitter all of the good stuff uh we'll also be adding his songs to our spotify playlist that we have for tiny taverns please mm -hmm. listen to that you know boost everybody if you got a couple of minutes play it in the background listen to it for fun and make sure everyone's uh, benefiting thanks rebecca thanks steve i really appreciate that thank you again it was an absolute pleasure have a good day everybody bye, bye.